Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's 101 ESPN. This is Balloon Party. It's driven by Munganas, St. Louis, Acura, and Alton Toyota. Timothy, Mike, McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Come watch on YouTube because we look really good today. Wearing my TMA shirt. I didn't really. There it is. Banny Rooster. Would you call that navy or uh, midnight gray? I thought you were going to say navy or midnight blue. Same color. I don't disagree. I don't know. I'm not too uh, invested into the fashion game. Oh, I'm sorry. You're the one who hijacked this segment that was going to be a tribute to you. <laughs> and you're hole in one, ladies and gentlemen. Text in your congratulations to Jackson Burkett. Let's take you out to Crystal Springs Quarry on Friday afternoon. Hole number six. Peter, what do we have here? Well, you're right, Tim. He has about a oh, 105 yards. Uh, par three here at Crystal Springs Quarry. First time Jackson's played a public course since you were five, I think. Right. And uh, Jackson, you take it from there. Yeah, Tim. Water on the left. You got to maintain. Uh, you got to see that. You got to see that there's water on the left. There's a bunker in front. So we don't want to be left and we definitely don't want to be short. Mm-hmm. So we Take the P wedge. Excuse me? We take the pitching wedge. Pitching wedge. That's right. 205 yards. Right. But again, don't want to be short. Don't want to be left. I know my pitching wedge, uh, it might not go as far as some would like it to go. Sure, it might go if I flush it, buck 18. Mm. Uh, but I figured mm. I'm going to I'm gonna just swing nice and easy, easy hole. Let's not do anything crazy. Let's just get it on the middle of the green, hit it. It's on a direct line, and I go, oh, there's a little hill there with a lip of the bunker in front, so you can't really see the hole. So I know it's going to be close, uh, and then as we approach the green, there's the ball in the hole, hole-in-one number two in my career, and it was uh, a great start to a wonderful weekend. A great start to a wonderful weekend. Yeah. The congratulations that are coming into the Air Comfort Service text line. Got to go into the YouTube and see what's doing, but I would imagine that is also full of congratulations. Yep. Second hole-in-one. Yeah, it's number Second two. Second hole-in-one. Number two in my life, yeah. Really, really fun. My friends were with me this time. Super awesome. Sweet, sweet Kai, oatmeal, no. and herb. No, private citizen Pete, MPK. Uh, there was a group on the, the next hole's tee box, which is adjacent to the hole, I didn't like the action I was getting off of them. There was no celebration from them. You know, if you're on if you're on the tee box, you can clearly see the hole, and you see a ball drop from a tee box. You would think the group ahead of you would be going nuts. Yeah, no reaction from them. They didn't react. Not at all. They could easily see it. They didn't even react. They look. I could see them looking at us. No reaction. No congratulations. Yeah. Wow. Really didn't like the action coming off the group in front of us. Uh, the okay. Now the congratulations aren't as supportive as I would have thought. 
let's see. Congratulations, Jackson. I love that course. I've been cu- close a few times, but never made it. So that's good to see. Yeah. Uh, shove your hole in one where the sun doesn't shine, Piddles. Okay. That's from the Grape Ape Auto Detailing. <laughs> uh, Jackson, Sup King, congrats. When you finna wear some Bob Does Sports apparel on the show, that's from the 618. I wear a quarter zip that they have. Did your daddy pay for that hole in one, Piddles? That's from the 314. Now let's think about that pragmatically. Let's that's what this show is. They should rename the show Pragmatism. <laughs> Yes, because I think the all uh, advisors would tell you that words like that are perfect for show titles. Amen. Uh, yeah, but let's be pragmatic. Uh, that would not be possible. Uh, I guess theoretically, like pay for the clubs. Here's now. Here's some Tim. Mm. The next hole at Crystal Quarry Springs. A lot of trouble on the left and tree lined on the right. So it's a tough shot. Now me, just kind of being so on a high. I uh, didn't realize that I was playing my hole-in-one ball in the next tee box. Oh, no. And I hit the ball, and it was going left into trouble. And I was like, and as it was in the air, I was like, crap, that's the hole-in-one ball right there. Luckily, it stayed in bounds. I immediately took it, put it in my bag, dated it, and uh, put it back in my bag and used a different ball. But I was like about five feet from what losing my hole-in-one ball. Here? I know, and I still have my first ace ball, so I'm gonna, now I have a little, uh, little mini collection. Uh, congratulations, Jackson. It's an awesome feeling. That's from the 636. It is. It truly is like crazy. Like the rest of the round almost doesn't matter afterwards. Like you obviously want to keep playing, but it's like nothing will top that feeling. Uh, did you buy the clubhouse round of drinks after the match? That's from the 636. I bought, I bought the group I was with, my two buddies, uh, a round of drinks as is customary. Um, the clubhouse pretty much, it was, it was closed when we finished the round. So that wasn't possible, but, uh, I did buy my friends some beers. Congratulations, now have my hole-in-one, you pasty sex god. That's from Caller Buzz. That's Now, that is like what I'm looking for right there. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Uh, Buzz, you can DM Jackson, and uh, you guys can set up that arrangement. But here on this program, we have an hour, and we need to maximize it. For sure. The lead is Jackson's hole-in-one. Appreciate you. The lead is Jackson's hole-in-one. And we're going to be accepting congratulations throughout the broadcast, both in YouTube and via the Air Comfort Service. I'd, I'd like some mic drops on it. I'd be, now that, now we're like talking. I'd like some mic drops Now on we're talking. Uh, using the 101 ESPN app. But the thing is, today is Monday, and that means we have the Angry Beaver weekend wrap-up. Woot, woot! Woot, 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 uh, Obviously, Tim, with the Little Piddles weekend wrap-up, you know, it's been... Over the past week or two, maybe even three weeks, it's been the weekend wrap-up. You know, you'd like to talk about the Cardinals, but there just isn't much. I went to the game yesterday, boy. Hot day. Hot. Hot. You sit in the shade? Uh, was, my son wanted to go for uh, his birthday this week and said, of course, I would love to go watch the Cardinals play the Mets in 100-plus <laughs> degrees. So we got tickets and uh, sat on the first baseline, and I purchased them in the shade. That's uh, that was Prudent. the that, that was, was a, yeah. that was the play. Yeah. My wife was grateful for. Uh, I think she's probably just grateful for my intelligence. Just grateful because to be candidly, your, yeah. physically, I leave a lot to be desired. I disagree personally, but hey, thank you. Uh, I'm just digging for compliments. <laughs> we have a and this is the perfect <laughs> this is the perfect vessel for that. We have a cardinal topic that is currently interesting and fun to talk about. Mason's win. Mason nice. wins first hit was overshadowed by a polar bear after his infield single, which will hopefully be the first of many hits for in his cardinal career. Pete Alonso fired the baseball into the stands to a fan when there was two outs in the inning. 
The Redbird dugout seemed less than excited to see their star prospect's first hit ball now residing in the first base field box. What did you make of the situation? Did you think it was at all intentional? Do we have the sound? Do we have the sound? I should have had had it pulled up. I mean, you're still in the afterglow of the hole-in-one, so I mean, I think everybody's going to be understanding and supportive. But uh, I have a number of thoughts on this. Now, Jackson, it's important for me to issue a disclaimer on the front end to the people. Because when we have bias, when we have bias, I think it's important to attempt to acknowledge that we have bias. And my bias in 2023 is if everybody is going one way, I tend to default to everybody must be wrong. I think it's my anti-social media nature. That's what I think it is. And so on Friday night on Cardinal Social Media, Pete uh, Alonzo was getting pounded for knowingly throwing this ball into the stands. And so therefore I'm like, well, of course he didn't knowingly throw it into the stands. Let's play some audio here and I'm going to, I'm going to go on a deep dive here and I'm going to make a request of the audience if I may. All right, yeah. what do we what do we have first? Do you want the actual to call play? It? Yeah, that call the play. It was right. the SNY play? SNY, yep. Okay. Gary Cohen we'll keeping the in. speed of win here. First base umpire, John Tompain, is looking over in the Cardinal dugout and admonishing somebody. Oh, uh, they're probably screaming and said it was a balk. Last year when the Mets were here, a year ago, April, there was some uh, hard feelings between these two teams. It's a high fastball thrown by Edmund, and it's 0-2. Apparently, the Cardinal dugout was upset with Alonzo because Pete threw the ball in the crowd and that was Wynn's first hit. Oh, Pete. So Pete probably didn't realize yes, it. Yes, he didn't. And we'll see if the Cardinals can retrieve that for Mason Wynn. Meanwhile, Edmund strikes out to end the inning. Four strikeouts for Lequeen. Well, there's uh, some drama going on here. We showed you that Pete Alonzo inadvertently threw Mason <laughs> Wynn's first big league hit into the stands. And the young lady who got the ball apparently did not want to quickly give it up. And the crowd is now getting on her case, and I think she's feeling peer pressure now to deliver the ball. I'm sure they will give her something as a more than adequate replacement. Right, let's, let's clip. Let's, I feel like we're going to rebroadcast the whole game now, and I think there's <laughs> a major league rule against that. So uh, you were hearing at the uh, and the, the, he threw the ball up. I would say approximately twenty rows. Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Now, my initial thought was, this is a cardinal social media thing, and we're just going to attack the guy and call him as Ali Marmol's lips were caught doing. What did he call him? Oh, there was some back and forth. I actually think what was originally said that he was saying is not true. Oh, wow. Look at you. I don't think he was calling. Uh, uh, I think he said, what the F are you going to do about it? Ah, that's you don't what, think he was calling him an effing that's D-bag. What, that's what I originally saw. Uh-huh. But I think they did like a slowed down version. I think he said, what the F are you going to do about it? Like Ali Marmol against Pete Alonso? I, that's what I saw. That's but I don't know if I would necessarily <laughs> I wouldn't allow take, that on the board if I were Las Vegas. But... Yeah. Pete Alonzo addressed it afterwards. Here is what he had to say. No, I, I, I feel I feel horrible. Um, I, I feel awful. I, I didn't mean to. 
I, I didn't. I, would, I know it sounds stupid, but it is just a, a, a bad brain fart. I know it, uh, throwing the ball in the stands that that robs uh, that robs him of a kind of a, a really special moment. But I, I I feel really bad thinking back on on my first hit and um, and just getting the ball thrown back to the dugout. I, I feel I, I feel awful. I feel like a piece of crap. Just in the heat of the moment, you kind of just get lost. I, I just kind of got got up from trying to make a play, and then umpire said, "Hey, we're going to switch this ball out." So I'm like, "Okay, like I'm going to do what I always do, like throwing this. I always throw the ball in the stands, but I'll never throw the ball in the stands again. I'm just going to roll every ball to the dugout when they're going to switch it out." Um, but that's, I mean, that's 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 a really bad mistake, and it's completely unintentional. I feel I feel horrible about it. Uh, so Pete Alonso then wound up sending over a bottle of uh, Don Julio 1942 and an autographed bat to Mason Wynn. So here's the thing, Jackson. I feel like we can try this case. Mm-hmm. We're just going to need somebody to do the legwork. Right. Uh, I'll be Tom Cruise. You be Demi Moore. Oh, I was hoping I could be Bacon. Mm, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Watch this. Jack? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You good men. Yeah. Write it for Colonel Jessup. Yeah. You cut these guys loose. Jack. Uh, so here's what we can do. Has Pete Alonso taken a ball and gunned it 20 rows up in the stands before? And if he has, well, then that's pattern of past practice. But I will tell you this. That thumb. I've been watching baseball since August of 1982. And I have never, never seen a ball player, in particular an infielder, right. take the ball and gun it up he threw, 20 I rows. Mean, he threw that thing. I don't know what to say. So, unfortunately, I'm going to actually take the populist stance and say if I had to bet, for me, $10 is, is more than up. But for you, let's say $10,000. Now we're talking. Okay. Something that you yeah. would you would feel a little right. bit. Right. I want to like have a sweat. Right. I would say he did it on purpose. I, Do you agree with me? Like gun to my head if you had to tell me. Yeah, I, I, because and I absolutely why, think it's, yeah, I just, why would you do that? I just don't. I, I nobody I, does it, and I hate to be on the side of social media. I really do. <laughs> I know you do, especially like angry Cardinal fan social media. Yeah, it might be like those. Y'all are my people, <laughs> right? I, was about to and say. I don't want to be. I was about you know, got to say. gotta be honest with you. Yeah, but in this case, that's I, here. And here's my reasoning. Number one, if somebody could say, this is what he does. He takes a ball and throws it 25 rows up into the stands. I go, okay. And maybe he did. And maybe he does. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. He had struck out twice and he had flied out so far in the game. He has stubby clap chirping at him who took him down last year. Five feet from him when that play happened. Right. The Cardinal dugout is yelling at him. Right. And I th- and I I think I think what really really I don't think he knew it was his first hit. This is where I'm. I at. think he just was like, oh, these a holes who I don't like are yelling at me. Here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it and throw That's it exactly. Up there. I don't think he was trying to do it to Mason Wynn. Okay, so we're on the exact same page. I think he was doing it. That's despite what I th- the That's what I think it was. I think he was pissed. He's an emotional guy. Now, I use this example on TMA. If this were Paul Goldschmidt. Do I think Paul Goldschmidt would have done that? No, but it's not because he's a Cardinal and our boys are the best and play for the fans and not the money. No, because Paul Goldschmidt is like operating on 
even keel, right. same heart rate. Yep. It could be Game 7 of the World Series or Tuesday night against the Marlins in April. It's just that he doesn't run hot. Right. Alonzo does. And he has history with the Cardinals. And so... That is why, if I had to bet, I th- again, I'm not certain of it. And if somebody can provide an example of just one where he takes a ball and guns it over the net. In, in the middle of an inning. In the middle of an inning, I'd go, okay, but I just, I got to tell you, that's where I am on it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of myself, but that's, I have to tell the people what I think, and that's what I think. Yeah, if I, like I said, like, I don't think he was doing it despite Mason Wynn to be like, here, you want your first ball, it's in the stands now. I think it was the... The dugout's yelling at him, give us the ball, give us the ball, give us the ball. And he was like, oh, you want the ball. Right. And then he gunned it. Yeah, because I've never, ever right. seen an infielder like in the you middle of an inning. underhand toss it over the net. Right. You know, I mean, he gunned it. Right. Then the poor girl who catches the thing, right. she's on the receiving end of social media come to life, which is a group of people who one-on-one would never scream, give it back, but in the safety of numbers. Right. Now we're just going to be complete a-holes and yell yeah. at her the whole time. So, you know, that was a brilliant moment. And then she's like, oh my God, I'm not going to get out of here alive. I'm <laughs> Steve Bartman 20 years later. So I got to give the damn ball back. And she probably had no idea herself. Exactly. I mean, it's tough to think that a, a major like Pete Alonzo, a guy who plays 162 of these, is aware of everyone's first hit. Like, I don't think that's the case. But I don't think he does that all the time. I'd be surprised if he does that. I, all the and time. if I see it even just one time, I'm like, okay, right, exactly. There you go. Then I lost. I lost my ten dollars. You lost your ten thousand dollars. Would agree. But if I if that's not the case, and this is, I just maybe an outfielder when the ball goes foul, it bounces, they catch it, they'll hand it to a guy in the middle of an inning. But in the uh, an infielder throwing it because it's a big fence, it's a mm. big netting. Like you have right. to throw and he it. Gunned it back up there. So weird. <laughs> and the Cardinals were so mad. I was watching for when Michaelis faced him, considering the Cubs thing that happened a few weeks ago on Saturday night. And unfortunately, he came up with runners at the corners and nobody out. <laughs> Otherwise, I have a feeling. So when I was there yesterday, first pitch to Alonzo was inside. I, it wasn't like egregious, yeah. but it was inside. Um, and who knows? I mean, it could have just been, you know, it's right. a, everybody's sweaty as hell yesterday. So who knows? But either way, um, yeah, it, it was it was a spot where I'm going, yeah. I got to say, yeah. I think he did it. In, I, I, again, I'm not 100%. I'm not even 75%, but I got to bet. I'm betting he did. What do you think? 314-399-9646. And uh, where were you when you heard about Jackson's <laughs> hole-in-one on uh, on Friday? And uh, and then we'll go through hole-by-hole uh, hole, the front nine in the next segment, back nine, yeah. third segment, and then we'll look ahead to your next round yes, in the final right. segment. What's working for me? What's not? Right. How I manage the course? Exactly. Uh, as you uh, shot shape. Uh, this is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura. Alton Toyota, 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. It's Balloon Party. I'm telling gambling law stories. Jackson during the break because I mean this guy right now he's riding high have to be right and so I'm making you feel even better by what I was doing at the exact same time which was losing what again to me to me and to all of our listeners a lot of money not of course to everybody get involved on the show People are really on board with the. Uh, they think Pete Alonso did an intentional thing. I just it's. I mean, like I would say, ninety percent of the texts we've gotten here, Balloon Party went on ESPN. Was Watch it? on YouTube. Yeah, and I think Check there's out a, this Midnight Heather. That's actually more accurate. Mm-hmm. It could be Midnight Heather. T-shirt yeah, I'm wearing TMA shirt. TMASTL.com. Get your merch. Yep. 
he wouldn't have apologized like that if he knew, like, if he was doing it, like, oh, I knew that was Wins Bowl and I threw it up there. But knowing that afterwards, the apology still would make sense why he would be so sincere in his apology and how many times he did apologize. That would make, that would still track if he did it intentionally, despite the Cardinals less so Mason Wynn. And saying the gift was nice. I mean, all in all, Mason Wynn got the ball. The woman who caught the ball from Pete Alonzo got a good little haul for what she got. And Mason After Wynn. she was scared for her life for five minutes. Right. I mean, I think she was an unfortunate uh, victim in this situation, as much as a victim you could be, you know, getting a baseball in a baseball game. But yeah, super weird situation, I would describe it as. Mm-hmm. And, and another chapter in the uh, Pete Alonzo versus the Cardinals saga, which we talked yeah, about on Friday. Yeah, to play each other. Oh, we did. We talked about the organic rivalries and something like this. Yes, 100%. This is this is an organic rivalry. Right. Thing. Yes, I would agree with you. Question number two, Little Piddles, Angry Beaver, weekend wrap-up. Where are you going with question two? I honestly forgot, Perfect. and uh, now I have it. We have seen multiple stories recently uh, in golf specifically, with fans yelling things and players' backswings relating to gambling. The first one was with the American Century Championship, where the 18th hole, the co-leader had something yelled in the backswing. It was alleged that the yeller had some action on eventual winner Steph Curry. This weekend, the heckler yelled something at Max Homa to pull his putt in the middle of his stroke, and he had some action on Homa missing. Do you think this is a byproduct of legalized gambling, and we will see more and more of this? Is it going to be relegated to just golf, a sport where yelling in the middle of the action is very much frowned upon and very much can change the outcome? Um, yes, I think the answer is yes. And I don't know what the solution is. So if I'm going to present a problem, I oftentimes like to attempt to present a solution. I don't know what the solution is because this doesn't mean that it was legalized gambling. I've been at golf tournaments, uh, Honda classic number 17. Yeah. Which is a tough hole. And it's kind of like the bear trap or not the bear trap. It is the bear trap there. Uh, the waste management 16 there where a bunch of people, it's not the size, but it's still kind of got that, you know, energy, that energy. And it's, it was a Friday afternoon and, you know, of younger people and everybody's having booze and all that. And guys are just gambling and what they're doing is they're gambling. Will he be on? Will he not? Will he be within, you know, will he birdie it? Will he not? Will he bogey it? That could go on well before legalized gambling, and it did. This was yeah. Oh, yeah. a few years ago when I was at that thing, and people were gambling. As Max Homer recounted, the guy bet $3, so it wasn't like it was necessarily a huge amount of money, and what pissed him off was Chris Kirk, who was his playing partner, a guy yelled in his swing. That's what set him off. Right. So Max was kind of prepared that it might happen during his, and so he was dialed in to not allow it to freak him out. I think the bigger thing that's going on now is you have people getting even more heated than before uh, with both from the fans to the athletes and the athletes to the fans. We, we talk about the Pete Alonso thing, whatever may be the case there. Uh, Tommy Pham this weekend, the former Cardinal, got in a heated exchange with uh, a Padres fan. He spent two seasons in San Diego, and now he's with the Diamondbacks after the trade. The the person who posted the video of Tommy Pham uh, with total half, like I went back, I, I, I don't know why I get consumed by this stuff, but I like to dig into it. Mm-hmm. Having received, and not necessarily here where, where it's all hate text, but hate text on TMA, and I'll go, okay, is this person kind of, so we can see the text history. Yeah. And then you kind of go, okay, you recognize what you're dealing with, and you just go, we'll just move past that one. If it's somebody who oftentimes sends in texts that you go, 
they make you think or they make a, a valid point. It's not necessarily all angry. It has more credibility. Again, sure. that's where I'm coming from. I haven't done this for a number of years. So I went back through this guy's timeline who posted the video and he said he really hopes Tommy gets the help he needs. In my opinion, before digging through his tweet history, I thought this guy is full of crap. He baited Tommy Pham and then Tommy Pham came back after him and then Tommy Pham spoke about it afterwards and said the guy called him a piece of S. Yep. Uh, and then sure enough, this guy is a, is a complete, he's a problem on Twitter for lack of better, yeah. better term. Yeah. Uh, but then he did the half hearted. I hope Tommy gets the help he needs. Right. And, and if you really are concerned about Tommy Pham's mental state, you know what you do? You take a video of him screaming at you and then you post it on Twitter. Right. Without what you said before to without, with, of course, with because spark it. yes, because we're now in an, an era where if you defend yourself, you're either thin-skinned or you can then lose your job. Right. Never mind the antagonist, which to me, again, I want to focus on is a phenomenon that exists that somehow if you're the one who calls somebody an effing D-bag on social media and then somebody responds, somehow the, the antagonist is not the problem. Right. It's the person who responds is the one who's being thin-skinned. It's a, it's a phenomenon, but this is what is, I believe is at the moment culturally accepted and certainly not necessarily applying to much critical thought. Digressing from that, you now have fans, and all it takes is just one. I mean, there were 40,000 people, I would imagine, in San Diego at that game, 30,000, whatever. Huge crowd in Chicago for that golf tournament. And it's one guy. And then it goes, oh, the people at the golf tournament. Oh, the people at the Padres games. And that's not fair because yeah. you're talking about less than 1%. But I do think this stuff is going on more now than it was even a decade ago. The issue is I don't really know what the solution is. Max Homo was on 18. And as he said, he goes, what are they going to do, kick him out for the rest of the day? I was the last one out there. Right. Yeah. You know? So what's the like penalty? Guy had nothing to lose. Right. Yeah, it's. So I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what they. I, th I think they escorted this Padres fan and his wife out after that song and dance. Right. I, I wonder uh, less so like the solution to it because ultimately I don't think there is one. But what the catalyst is for it happening more and more often? Because over the past couple of years, since fans have come back from the pandemic, I would say it's happened the most of fans spouting off saying stuff that's totally inappropriate and players I guess now are just feeling more empowered to be like hey that's not going to fly and you know we do have the power to if we find you to be a problem find a stadium official and say hey get this person out of here here is my theory it's a wonderful question and I think you're a wonderful boy now Thank with you. a hole in one too Thank two you. of them for that matter people want to collect take your pick of whatever term you would want to use right. a win on the internet sure and so they hold up the phone, and then they see if they can get their moment. Yeah. Now, that's not, of course, everybody. If you are doing well professionally and personally, is that how you're going to spend your evening? Most likely not. Probably. But if, if you've met some adversity with the ladies, and you're an incel, <laughs> and you got yourself a dog avatar account. Right. Now we're this talking. Could, this could, now, now you're talking. <laughs> These are your people. Right. This is, this is, that's my base. Now you can take out somebody who you don't like for whatever reason sure. and has money and probably is candidly engaging in coitus and therefore is the opposite of you. And now you can now you can get them. Yeah. And that I think is that, that if you want me to simplify it, that's that's the game. Yeah. Now, I also went deep on the Tommy Pham thing. I did. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I just I, I Tommy Pham is interesting to me. And I think that on this in this topic of pe fans yelling stuff at players is also really interesting to me. 
And, you know, the guy says, because he's posting it on behalf of his buddy, and he says, oh, my buddy, you know, he throws some shots, but it's right. always in good fun, and no one ever reacts. It's like, no, I was just the first person to say. And Tommy Pham will react. I mean, you, right. you, Tommy Pham, you couldn't, I don't know if you could pick a major league or like, okay, who, if you wanted to get a reaction from a major league ball player? And I, my Michael Joey Votto. Votto would be up there. But Tommy Pham, once I thought through it, I mean, he's not necessarily at the forefront of your mind. But he is absolutely one. I mean, he's got the uh, Jack Peterson slap over fantasy football. Yep. You know, he was complaining about the Cardinals, what, like workout cycle or something like that. Right. He's bounced around from team to team, usually as a tell. Yeah. You know, if you can't hold down a job, usually a, a tell. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily then yeah, it doesn't make, make it right. Him, you just yeah. have to be a robot, and you just have to ignore it. I mean, right. you just, that, and that's the thing. It's completely ridiculously unfair. And then what is the counter? Well, he makes millions of dollars to play a kid's game, so right. therefore I can act like an a-hole. Right. That means- a, it's, a, it's a phenomenal logic. And, of course, it's illogical, but that is the, the defense. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. Come and watch us on YouTube. See what's, let me see what's going on in the YouTube chat. I haven't been in there. The Golden Child, Tiny PP, Tom Summers, Dr. Gers. All our friends. Yeah, a lot of people are active in there. Come on in. Uh, YouTube.com and uh, 101 ESPN. You can see what's doing. And I'm wearing Midnight Heather. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's a mix of dark gray and navy, and it just looks outstanding. Yeah, I think it's a color that really suits me. I'm really excited about myself. What's but your digressing. favorite color? Real quick. This? This? Yeah, navy. This I is like it. Dark navy, yeah. I like that. It's a good call. What about you? Um, Tell me your favorite color. Text me your favorite color, 314-399-9646. White blue. Carolina blue. All right. Yeah, it, looks, uh, it makes me, you know, I think it makes me look good. Nice. Your thoughts on Jackson wearing Carolina blue? 314-399-9646. Question number three. Is it three of the Little Piddles Angry Beaver Weekend wrap-up? This is question three. Tim. Nice. Uh, St. Louis City SC back in action. I mean, how do you do? Yeah. Six to three? Yep. First time's back since July 15th. I was locked in. Yep. Six to three. W for the dogs over Austin. And honestly, it was as fun to watch as anything. Oh, you went? Uh, I watched, watching. Okay. watched, yeah. Uh, the boys look like they're humming. Skate, boys, skate. Absolutely. Based upon what you see on the return, both from the fan and the player's perspective, does this look like a club looking to do more than just an impressive debut season for an expansion program? Does this team kind of look like they're looking to run the table? Watch there? this. They want to shock the world. Yeah. They're going to shock the world. Yeah. I mean, they're seven clear of LAFC. Seven points on top of the table, man. Uh, so this is... This is getting real, and that's the kind of performance. Now, I texted one of my soccer compadres early this morning, and I said, what do you think? And let me see what he wrote back. And I'm curious what those of you, unless I'll, I'll defer on the, on the soccer knowledge uh, to, uh, to those of you who consider yourself big fans and, and much more soccer savvy. But I texted him, and he said, outside of the overall great finishing, that without Berkey, they could have lost defensively very poor. And I go, wow, now this isn't, this isn't like angry take guy. This is a you know, friend of mine who's not in, in, in public eye. And I thought, oh, wow, you score six goals. I could tell Berkey was frustrated that they were just giving him away at yeah. the end. Yeah. But then they would immediately answer. Yeah. 
But I'm sure he's like, hey, I don't want to be giving up three goals. No, it doesn't like he wants clean sheets, baby. He and clean so, sheets. you know, there was one quote unquote legitimate goal, but then there were a couple of sloppy ones there at the end. But either way, hey, you know, that's focusing on the negative. The positive is where this team is. And this is something else. Yep. And so this is, you know, I keep talking about how unique, I mean, this unique calendar year in St. Louis sports. So you never seen. I don't. I don't know if we've seen anything like it. Just with the Cardinals and Blues isolating it on that. Maybe there was a year where they were both out of it. Maybe I don't know. I, but but even in like 2007, the Cardinals were kind of lurking in both of these cases. Both teams being all out sellers, and you kind of knew it for a while going into the deadline. This is different. Missouri may be good. Maybe they won't be. Who knows? We'll have an answer by the end of September. You know, if they're four and one, you got a live situation or five and oh. If it's three and two or worse, yeah. it's gonna be a problem. No doubt. But barring a huge surprise, City is going to be in the mix. And as Taylor Twelman has talked about since the beginning, every time he joins us on Tuesdays, presented by Together Credit Union. You want to host a playoff game. Well, now you're looking at their, as you said, seven points clear of LAFC. And this is really starting to, to get real. And for the record, and I say this be, not to be condescending because I realize most people probably weren't paying any attention to MLS before this year, or at least not a whole lot uh, in this audience. I'm sure some of you have been hardcore fans, but you know we're speaking to the masses here. Uh, the way that the playoffs work in the MLS is uh, nine get in from each conference, and uh, the eight and nine play each other uh, to play the number one seed. Yeah, it's a best, best of three. three. Yes, right. correct. Yep. So yeah. that's the way that it winds up working out. Right, so and it's a huge opportunity. Point being, they're in a great spot to host some some games. And that atmosphere on a Sunday night, 8.30 start, hotter than hell. Yep. Didn't matter. That place is an incredible building. I was listening to the play-by-play guy. I didn't recognize his voice. Twelman wasn't on it. He was on the... The League Cup on uh, Saturday night in Nashville, which was, was also awesome. incredible. That was awesome. Uh, in so many different ways. But uh, that, you know, he's like, you would never guess that this is a first-year franchise with the building, the atmosphere, the fans, and the product on the field. And he's talking about the building. It's like a classic European football setup where downtown kind of filters to the building. Right. The fans are as involved and knowledgeable as they are, it's a great setup. So getting back to how this is going to be such a unique October with the Cardinals not even remotely in the mix, it's a real opportunity for both Missouri football and City to capture the St. Louis sports market for a sustained period of time. And that might not be the case going forward if the Cardinals do right the ship. Um, and October is a, a Cardinal month. This is a hell of an opportunity. And mathematically now, it's starting to get to a point where they are in a spot where they would be incredibly disappointed to not host a playoff game. Now you're starting to get in and talk about winning the Western Conference. It's a hell of a story. And it's not just like sneaking them out. I mean, they scored six goals. Yeah, I mean, the offense was firing. Now, in the Berkey thing, it's kind of been the theme all year. Has been, And it's not like a trying to take shots at the defense, but Berkey has been the reason for a lot of the games where they've been so dominant because he is a world-class goalkeeper, played for Borussia Dortmund for so long. I'd be really curious uh, because we saw Inter-Miami a week or two before Messi came. I'd love to see what Messi looks like up against 
a, a world class goalkeeper like Berkey because so far in his, I mean, he's like scored in like every game and they haven't lost yet when he's been there. But he's like dummying some some goalkeepers, like shooting way far out and, yeah. and just kind of toying with people. I'd love to see what he looks like. But that Weeks Cup final. Was a, that was, that was awesome. A, that was a classic. Penalty I watched shootout. It, I watched it. And where the goalies had to go. Yeah, the, the goalies went. It was outstanding. It really was good. I mean, MLS is is trending. Yeah, man. You kind of knew it, but the messy thing has put it in another world. Whole different. And game. these atmospheres, it's it's something else. I mean, it's, it's it's a great thing what St. Louis has, and it's a credit to the franchise with what they are uh, what they're doing. Jackson, you wouldn't happen to have question four, would you, or do you not have it? In uh, I sure do have it, Tim. Except the problem is. Okay. Uh, Question four is the final one I have. And so, yeah, throw the water bottle, get up, please. Get no, no. one one, and we'll, let's take a let's take the day but off. But it's a big picture. All right. I think so it's gonna... what you're telling me is take a break. I could sense it anyway. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you gotta wipe your face down before you talk. <laughs> some some of the things they do are just for the ladies watching on YouTube. All right. You know, <laughs> that got them going. <laughs> Absolutely. What a turn on. Uh, all right. So we have this big picture question. That Jackson has because he didn't do six questions. I think Angry Beaver is going to file a grievance about that. They and expect he, six questions on right. these Piddles questions, and that, that's very much that's understandable. And you're not here on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. This guy's going to Las Vegas. Oh, that's right. Yeah, me and Matt Rocchio, South City, dirty. Matt Rocchio is so good. I think he's going to oh, do look great. look at you. Man. I saw him on Does Friday. Does he know to do Piddles? Hey, this is sponsored, Rocchio. Oh, he knows. He knows. Uh, I know from working with me on TMA, you just assume we're going to come in here with no plan. <laughs> Couldn't be more wrong. Right. Uh, I saw Rocchio like, right after I hit the hole-in-one. He, was, I was, he at, was out there? I went to Ovi Clark's afterwards, and he was there. God, I wish I could golf on Fridays. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a break. Uh, Jackson's big picture question, question number four, which is the last question because he got a hole in one and he didn't want to do six questions, is next here on Balloon Party. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. We're on YouTube. Uh, and uh, we're also uh, available to podcast, Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast. Go back and enjoy it anytime you want. It's just one hour of radio excellence is really what it is. And, that, and, and Jackson got a hole-in-one on Friday, and so we wanted to do a big-picture question. And, and he's going to treat you to it right here. I don't know what it is. I'm looking forward. I love the big-picture questions. Yeah, and this is kind of something I was talking about, I think, either Thursday or Friday. Oh, so it's a rehash. No, it's a little bit of a rehash, but there's new information. Hmm. Front Office Sports had an article sourcing Dan Ives, a Wedbush securities analyst, discussing the possibility of Apple purchasing ESPN from Disney. Ives cites the massive bankroll of Apple and the millions of users on their devices combined with ESPN subscribers could be a match made in heaven. What do you make of this idea? Do you think this could set up Apple TV to have a monopoly on live sports? Something I was alluding to last week. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I have to say that. Yeah. Uh, didn't see it coming, but then you read that and you go, well, that does seem like it would be quite logical. Right. Now, Apple doesn't necessarily always, I think their last big one was Beats, which was 2014. That was $3 billion. Yeah. This would be in the $50 billion range. Here's what I would tell you also, because I, I, you know, going without saying, but I feel obligated to put it on the record, we don't know the financials. Anything we're going to say right. is 100% speculative. And also, Jackson owns... What do you own? You own ten percent of Apple. I had your, your trust because you're a trust fund guy. I know right. That. Well, we had a cash flow problem in Q3 of 21, so we offloaded five percent right. of it. That's right. That's um, right. But we got futures everywhere. Okay, so you're well positioned. Very and your portfolio is strong and liquid AF. Quite strong, liquid AF. 
that's the name of the show. I would hope that if that did happen, ESPN could find a way to up its game. Right. And listen, nobody enjoys a Dan Orlovsky take yeah. more than me. You're the president of the fan club. You have you actually you moderate a Reddit thread. I do. I'm on Dan Orlovsky's excellence. Uh, but. I would love it. And maybe it's one of those things that you grew up with it, so you long for it, even though it's not possible to have happen again. But I'm dead serious. I I don't know how I feel like every other week I'm saying, I watched SportsCenter this morning, the anchors pop up. This is the 6 a.m. one live, too. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who are these people? Right. And I know there are talented people out there. I mean, hell, for every one available job in in sports television, uh, there's probably a hundred people who want it. So there's got to be plenty. And we can have a little, you know, more to it. But I get why they're not doing that. And they're hiring people. And I'm sure people go, oh, they're on ESPN. They must be making a lot of money. I would tell you that's probably not the case. But what I would say is this is there is a way to make money on those things, but people have to be watching, and so it's kind of chicken and egg. But if you roll back the salaries, you're not necessarily going to get the best of the best, and the best of the best are going to go control their own thing, do podcasts, go do, which I know sounds counterintuitive. If you grew up in the 90s, you would assume the television thing is the way that you make money. It's not in 2023. And then get some of those people. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, the boys from Pardon My Take. Right. If you knew, and I'm not like barstool, like worship barstool, that's not what I'm doing here, but I'm just saying like those kinds of personalities, if they had a show and I know that ESPN had the show and then they had the Sam Ponder thing and then all hell broke loose and they got rid of the show. But if they were anchoring sports and or if in a segment with Van Pelt, those guys are going to be on there. Right. True, you know, and then also more, you know, analysis than take Smith's and yelling about crap. I don't know. I just. I feel like there's an opportunity that nobody is filling. And if you have capital behind it, you could really see an increase. Because at the moment, I think ESPN, its its value may, not, may be lower than ever before. I'm saying this on 101 ESPN. I don't care. This is what I think. If they want to whack me, feel free. But I got to be honest with people. I, I think as far as a trajectory goes, and some people get into the politics of it. I'm not, I have no interest in talking about that. Because I don't think that's that, that's got nothing to do with my opinion right. of it. I just think the product's crap. That's, that's where I'm coming from. Right. And I like personally, if Apple were to make that purchase and would use their interface that they use, I stream a lot of sports, Tim. I don't have cable. Mm. So mm. I stream sports exclusively. I've used every single platform streaming product, whether it's Fox's, ESPN's, CBS's. Uh, far and away, the one with the least amount of issues and the easiest to use is Apple's. Apple, I couldn't agree more. Apple streaming MLS or the occasional baseball game that they have, it's so easy. So if they were to do that, because you would have then Monday Night Football, a ton of NBA games, NHL games, uh, Sunday Night Baseball, there's a ton of stuff that they would have. If that was all on Apple's thing, count me in, man, because yeah. that, is, that is an easy system to use. And the second to that, second best, the Masters. The master ah, streaming yes. is elite. Yeah. Elite and streaming. And, and, and what is the common thread here? Huh. The common thread. I got three seconds for you. I do. I, I wish I, I, I don't know the common thread. Cash. Cash. I yeah. mean, the gentleman and I guess Condi Rice at Augusta National, they don't even take commercials. No. 
their sandwiches are like $3 when you go on the ground. Why? Because they have so much and they don't want to be beholden to anybody. Right. So here, and what are we going to do? Well, we know the importance of having a quality app. You throw in this, you throw in that, because writing checks for those guys, once you're in that thing, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's like you with the $10,000 is $10 to me. Mm-hmm. For them, it's 10 cents. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it just, it doesn't matter. And if Apple wants to really do it, I think they could do it. Right. And people go, well, what happened to the era of whomever you may like? Dan Patrick, you know, Craig Kilborn, Keith Olbermann, Stuart Scott, Rich Eisen, whoever. I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving people out. Well, they, it, they got to a point where they're like, well, we're not making as much, so we're not going to pay these people as much. And so they wanted to create replaceable sports center anchors, with the exception of Scott Van Pelt. Truly, he's got his thing. And I'm not talking about, like, obviously they spent money on Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Stephen A. Smith. They spend money, don't get me wrong, but I think they could bring back programs that become destination viewing. Right. It's not like people, like, oh, people aren't interested in sports anymore. They're not interested in the way that ESPN is delivering it now. What and therefore, there is an opportunity, but you need capital. Apple has the capital. Disney's restructuring, and that has been the big Bob Iger charge. We'll do more CNBC stuff tomorrow. Time for us to go. Uh, for Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungin St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.